Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 521, air date February 17th, 2020. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure from Shiva for Senate. As many of you know, I'm running for United States Senate. In 2020, I'm running as a JFK Republican. We'll talk more about that. But today, I'm here to talk to you as a guy who's been an inventor, a scientist, and an innovator for nearly 40 years about a real solution to big tech censorship. And by the way, uh, as this video goes out, you'll, you should see who's actually sharing the video because there's a number of people, unfortunately, who complain about problems. But here's a real solution that can really bring us to a golden age. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So let's join me over here. Um, as I talk about this, I'm going to explain to you, you know, ways that we've done communication, ways that we do communication today, and how we can go into the future of an amazing renaissance for all of us to get the freedom that we all need and deserve. So let's begin with some basics here. Um, you're here, and in the old days, you know, you wanted to send a communication, and many people still do this, to someone, let's say, over, maybe you're in Massachusetts, and your friend uh, Bill is in California, and you're in Massachusetts, and you want to send a communication to them. Well, how did, how did you do this? Um, and by the way, many of us still do this. Well, you would write a little thing called a letter, and I'm going to put your home here. You'd be in your home here. And you put this letter in a thing called an envelope. And this envelope you'd stick into your mailbox over here. And the postman would come over here and he'd pick up your envelope. And then he would send it through what was called the postal system. We're not going to get today into all the details of this, but it's a very amazing system that was set up to make sure that that piece of mail could get to your, pers uh, to your person over here. And this arrived over, you know, in your friend's mailbox over here and your friend then put him in, in his house here he would get this uh, mail he'd open the envelope and he'd be quite happy to read your letter okay so this is what took place here and everyone was happy uh, your letter went through the system etc so let's talk a little bit about uh, this system and by the way this was brought to you by the United States Postal Service, okay, the USPS. Now, the United States Postal Service, which we, unfortunately, when you have systems like these where people are doing it every day, sometimes we forget the incredible vision behind this and the value behind this. This system was created by the founders of America. By the way, the founders of this country were people like Washington, who actually did work for a living. He was a surveyor, a businessman, a soldier, people like Jefferson, who was architects, people like you know, Franklin, who uh, was an amazing engineer and a scientist, these people actually had vision because they were actually creating things. They weren't career politicians who actually don't create anything. So these guys um, had this notion that this system was very important to protect the First Amendment, okay? The First Amendment. This is why this was created. And to give you, you can go read the uh, history on your own, but prior to the creation of the system, when we were under the crown, the crown, which is a British crown, did not allow free press. They didn't allow uh, any of the colonists to just do their own press and send out news, etc. So when, uh, when the founders had this vision of creating an American to support the First Amendment, the goal was that we needed also a public commons, an infrastructure, which would enable, you know, Bill here to send Bob a letter, knowing that this entire communication was protected. And by the way, you may not know this, that every communication that goes through this postal 
letter system is protected by a USPS police force. Okay? The United States Postal Service has its own police force. It's very important to remember the United States Postal Service has its own dedicated police force. If anyone in the postal system anywhere along the way here tampers with this mail, it's 20 year sentence in prison. Okay? 20 years sentence in prison. Okay? So we have to understand this. There's no encryption here. We're not talking about high technology, but we're talking about fundamental legislation that the founders had looking 300 years ahead that in order to enable everyone here to communicate that you could use this system, they created a police force. Anyone intervened in here, 20 year sentence in prison. Okay? So that's the most important thing. Uh, you also have to understand the communication through the system up until let's say about 1967, about 70% of the communication was political. Meaning people were sending all different, in the, in, the, in the colonial times, you know, the Tories, the Whigs, you know, monarchists, non-monarchists, everyone sending messages through here. And, and even up until 1967, 70% of this email was whether you liked them or not, the KKK, the Nazis, the Green Party, communists, Democrats, Republicans. It was a very lively environment and this matched directly with the vision of the founders of the freedom of the press. And for the founders, the freedom of the press wasn't, you know, the Boston Globe. It wasn't the New York Times. It was you and me. They wanted all of us to be able to publish and distribute. Okay, so I hope that's clear. The United States postal system was set up for you and I, or many people, to communicate in a highly protected way. This was the public commons that was created by the incredible founders of this country, who were, by the way, men of the Renaissance. You know, they were children of the Enlightenment who could see 300 years. And by the way, these guys were creators. So I hope that's clear. All right. This was a postal system intended to protect us. What do we have today? Um, now, something important to understand is that I have a deep appreciation for this because in 1978, you're looking at the guy who invented the first email system. This is uh, something that's important to emphasize because when we go back to this uh, postal system here, the postal system was what was spread out across the country. But in many organizations, you know, if you were in it, worked in a medical school like I did in 1978, or you worked at a university, or you worked at a government office, this kind of postal system also was within an organization. And there it was called, I'm just going to put it over here by way of reference, the inter-office mail system. Okay? It was called the inner office mail system where people had set up something like this and I was asked to convert that entire system in 1978 to the electronic version and I called that system email, wrote the 50,000 lines of code to do all the processing, inbox, outbox, folders, and you can go read about this. And I got the first US copyright because in those days the only way to protect software was through um, you know, a copyright protection. It was only 1994 could you protect it through patents. But the bottom line is I have cre I created the electronic version of this. The interesting point to also note here is around um, 1997, let me put this number here, around 1997, um, what we noticed was that postal mail volume was coming down. Okay? Well, it was, it was always coming down because of what we saw as email volume starting around here, it explosively went up. Okay? 
1997, this point right here was when email volume, so if I put email here, and we put postal mail here, email volume was growing, and in 1997, email volume overtook postal mail volume. Why did this occur? Because in 1993, around this time, is when the World Wide Web came. When the World Wide Web came, the inter-office mail system, the electronic form email, the system as I, as I created as we know it today, moved into the web world. It became a consumer application, went out of the realms of the office. Email was primarily used in the office to the realm of a consumer application. That occurred in 1993, and email volume exploded. You had applications like Gmail and AOL and Yahoo, etc., which was really a web front end on what uh, the, the, the structure that I created called email. Okay. So I saw this taking place and I met with uh, the senior officials of the Postal Service and I said, you know what, you guys should be offering an equivalent of email but a public email and I'll come back to that. But before I do that, let's talk about how this occurs today in the digital world. Okay, today in the digital world, we are not just sending little text messages, we're not just sending email, you're sending videos to people, you're sending, um, you know, tweets, you're sending posts on different types of social media, Facebook or LinkedIn, etc. You're doing a lot of things. So what's occurring here? So in this new world, you're still in your home here, right? Um, put you in your home here. And this time you're in front of a computer and you're typing out content here. This content coming out of here could be an email. It could be a text message. By the way, just to be clear, I created email, not text messaging, okay? Text messaging is a simple exchange of messages between computers. We're talking about email, the system. But email is very different than a text message. Then we have, uh, for example, a post like you may do on Facebook, right? You may do a tweet on Twitter. You may also do a video, okay? So you could be here and you want this content, again, to go over your friend you know, let's say we're in Massachusetts here, right? And your friend again is in California here. And he is on his computer. Okay, and you want to get this type of content over to him. How does this occur? Well, this content goes through, this is called the physical network. Okay, let's call this the, the physical network network okay and this is owned by telecom companies telecommunications companies I'm going to call them telecom so this goes through a physical infrastructure the actual physical cabling and then I'm going to broadly put this as the internet cloud because this is connections of computers all over the world servers etc and this again goes from here back to your friends home okay this is again the telecom companies We'll bring this information here and back and forth okay it's not just two ways so you're sending video etc in the internet cloud what do we have well we have a lot of interesting people up in the internet cloud right we have well we have email providers right and this could be gmail yahoo you also have facebook over here right you got facebook you also have youtube 
Um, you also have people like Twitter, all right? And these are applications, server farms. These are owned by private companies, and these are managing your communications, and they are then transmitting those to other locations, for example, your friend, etc. And this is all happening in Internet Cloud, and these providers are, by, by and large, software and cloud providers. And who are they? Well, this includes, obviously, Facebook. Who else? It includes Google. It includes, um, uh, who else do we have? Twitter. It includes also Amazon. Amazon is in the big cloud business. They own a lot of infrastructure, okay? And other companies, like you can look up like CenturyLink, which, was, which purchased level three. And these are people who own the pipes, the clouds, the infrastructure. So you have um, the physical network, telecom providers, who are they? We have AT&T, everyone probably knows them. We have Verizon. We have Vodafone if you're in Europe. And there's other smaller providers too. So when you're sending this communication from you and you're sending emails, video, text, tweets, it's going through this cloud infrastructure and it's hopefully arriving at your friend here. Okay. Now what's the problem here? As we look back at this, if we, if we look at this infrastructure and we just take a quick look again at the infrastructure that a lot of us grew up on. In fact, a lot of you may use if you've been picked off uh, some of these channels, you're, you're going back to paper mail. In this model, it's run by the Postal Service, 20-year sentence in prison, uh, the police force, um, uh, highly protected uh, infrastructure for you to communicate without any intervention. In fact, if someone intervenes, it is a 20-year sentence in prison, okay? Let's look at this infrastructure here. This infrastructure, as we're going to see, there is no public comments here. It's not owned by you and me. It's not owned, it's, it's not supportive of the First Amendment. You have here private companies. These are private companies, private companies. And these are private companies, all right? And these private companies own the physical infrastructure and they have terms of service. A lot of you don't even bother reading the privacy notices, if you actually looked at the privacy notice on Yahoo or any of these, they actually own your content. This is very different than the Postal Service. The Postal Service doesn't own your letter. But these guys actually own your content because you thought the day that you got free mail or free Facebook, you actually gave away your freedom. What's taking place here is that these organizations can turn off and turn on who uses this infrastructure. Let me give you a very powerful example about a decade ago. There were students coming up against the Mubarak dictatorship in Egypt. You know, first the students came out. Massive protests. You can go look at it in Tahrir uh, uh, Square. And they were using social media to do all of this communication. They're posting videos and, and text messages, etc. Well, that was fine. But then the working people started to come out. They were about to strike and bring Mubarak to his kneels. What did he do? He made one phone call to this little company over here called Vodafone. Okay? And Vodafone shut all of this down. They, they shut down the physical network, okay? Well, some of you may know there are people being kicked off YouTube. In fact, a senator's video was taken down, Rand Paul. And unfortunately, Rand Paul um, 
because he unfortunately doesn't understand technology, he went on and to post it about, you know, the problems of this. And he was, in my view, I, I, you know, he's whining about it, but there is a real solution. And this is why we need to bring people like myself to really support people like you, which are guys who've invented stuff, who work for a living, who actually understand technology. Because if you look at the hearings that took place with, the, with Mark Zuckerberg, these senators really didn't know what to ask him. They don't understand technology. They don't know how to legislate this. And their only solution is we're going to regulate these guys. Well, you can't regulate this. Here's a solution. You ready for the real solution? Here it is. Okay. Here's a real solution. And the real solution is an integration of the spirit of the founders of this country. It's a foundational concept of freedom in this country. And it integrates it with technology. It's the real solution, as I call it, back to the future. Okay? Back to the future. And by the way, um, no one should take this the wrong way. I have shared the solution with a number of people around the Trump administration. They're aware of this, but unfortunately, the people that surround the Trump administration, I have found are not that smart as President Trump. Or for whatever reason, they have not translated this solution to him. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but, but it's time that Shiva and Trump got together to bring a golden age to you. And I say that with all humility. So let's really look at what the solution is. So we still have the same issue here. Here you are. Here you want to get a communication. How do we do this? Well, um, today, if you want to send a, a, a piece of information, let's look at the piece of information that can go out. Email, video, uh, text messages, right? It can also be a post, right? These are going out, and this is going out through some infrastructure here, as we talked about. And the solution here is to what I call a, put it in red here, a public commons, C-O-M-M-O-N-S, brought to you by the United States Postal Service. The USPS can provide a public commons. And what does that public commons look like? Well, this public commons should have USPS email. Okay, we can have USPS video, right? Equivalent of YouTube. We can have USPS, you know, short messaging, equivalent of Twitter. We can have USPS posts, social, okay? Equivalent of FB. This is equivalent of tweeting, twi Twitter. This infrastructure can be in the USPS public commons cloud. But this infrastructure can be brought to us by the United States Postal Service. The United States Postal Service, by the way, has a lot of real estate. Every town, at least a town, has one U.S. Postal Service center. You know, servers have gotten very thin these days. You can put a lot of stuff on servers, and server farms um, are getting... Uh, much more efficient and how we can distribute and store information. But the United States Postal Service should be providing us a infrastructure of email, video, uh, uh, the equivalent of Facebook and the equivalent of Twitter. And this will allow us in that software environment to send information here. Now, so, okay, you're saying, okay, the U.S. Postal Service is doing this, but what about the infrastructure here? You could still say AT&T, Vodafone can still cut us off here and here. 
Well, the solution to that is quite simple, is we have a people's network. A network owned by the people for the people. By the way, the postal service, those trucks, the physical infrastructure is owned by us. So similarly, the way we can do this is every postal service, let's say this is a USPS branch in one town, here's a USPS branch in another town, here's a USPS branch in another town, and I'm putting this, this could be part of this network here. There's new technology called mesh networks. Mesh networks allow us to build our own network, independent of the Vodafones, independent of the AT&Ts, independent of the Verizons. These USPS offices can put up a little mesh router, and you can have a bunch of them here. And these can be interconnected. And as you can see, this creates what we call a mesh. And this can be extended and varied. In fact, if the USPS wanted, they could put up their own satellites. Why are we allowing a private guy like Elon Musk to start putting up a set of network of satellites, which we won't own? Are you trying to tell me that Elon Musk is going to control our communication? It's against the, it's against the entire spirit of what our founders wanted. Here, we create a mesh network. And the communications are not going through at and Tuck, but they're going through this mesh network, which is its own network, which supports a cloud. And same way here, you have a mesh network here. By the way, this is not a solution that the Postal Service has not been open to. To give you the background, in 1997, as I shared with you to get back to that, I met with the senior executives of the Postal Service. At that time, I was running another email company called Echo Mail. I saw what was going on, and I met with the Postal Service, and I said, you know, you guys are not in the postal mail business. You guys are actually in the communications business. You should offer an infrastructure like this to enable everyday citizens to still have their freedom. Their response was, hey, you're a 29-year-old kid. What do you know about the Postal Service? Where you know, we have 500,000 employees who work for us. We're bigger than Walmart, and they shooed me away. Well, in 2011, if you go look in 2011, um, it's when the Postal Service was declaring bankruptcy. They were de declaring bankruptcy because of this, because of this event that was taking place. And what had happened was around the mid 80s, the best parts of the Postal Service were gutted and given away and privatized to FedEx and DHL. So the Postal Service, by the way, is quite amazing, you know. Uh, we take them for granted, but they do amazing work. But because of this phenomenon, because of what occurred in the 80s, the Postal Service was going bankrupt. So I, you can go look it up. You can Google Aya Duray, Postal Service, etc. And I said, you know, you guys are really stupid. You should have listened to me back in 1997. Well, the Inspector General of the Postal Service, the Inspector General, by the way, is the one who runs the police force. He said, Shiva, what are you talking about? And the U.S. Postal Service Inspector General's office commissioned me to do two reports. In those two reports, I laid out two plans on how the Postal Service could make billions of dollars by using digital services. That was submitted to the Postmaster General and nothing has been done. But this is a problem with bureaucracy because you have a lot of dumb people in these bureaucracies, not the Renaissance type people like the founders were. So the point is that there's a business model here and the business model is this. If we have 300 million Americans each pays, let's say, around $50, okay? That's really about $15 billion for the Postal Service. Let me do this a little bit. This is $50 per year. 
And if you work this out, that's $15 billion per year in revenue, okay? You can do various calculations. We can critique it. But the point is, the Postal Service can make billions of dollars. And I believe we as Americans, we're willing to pay about 50 bucks a year to know that every communication we send, that an email, a video, a short message, a Facebook, you know, Zuckerberg can't decide to kick you off because him and his wife uh, want to vaccinate everyone. Or Twitter guy wants to support a political opinion of somebody and he can kick you off. That's what's going on. We need to go back to the framework of the Constitution, which created the Postal Service to ensure that you and I could communicate freely. We were all supposed to be the press, not being adjudicated by Sergey Brin or Mark Zuckerberg or Jack over at Twitter. This is not democracy. This solution demands that we, the people, bring back the Postal Service and tell them to go that they're not just a paper mail system. They are supposed to provide us communications infrastructure for freedom. That's what this is about. Anyway, what I want to finish up with is that you guys know that I'm running for United States Senate. And I think the opportunity that we have in 2020 is that in 2016, Donald Trump completely disrupted the political landscape. He, he went after the Democrats and the establishment Republicans. And you have a guy who actually built buildings, served customers. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I, I, I've run seven different companies. I have to serve customers. I have to build technology that works. So it's about time. By the way, I'm running for Senate. Shiva for Senate 2020. It's about time that we unleashed Shiva plus Trump. And if we do this, we're going to get a golden age. And this goes beyond a golden age. This goes beyond you know, a lot of people on Twitter, people complaining this happened, that happened, this happened to Roger Stone. This guy got Nick Fuentes got kicked off. Well, here's a real solution. It's time we implement real solutions and take this country to the golden age that we all deserve. That's what brought us here. And we can either go down or up. Trump has created an opportunity for disruption. And part of that disruption is a guy like me winning the United States Senate seat and we allow, you know, this interaction to take place. So some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're around the president there and you're not allowing these solutions to come. It's the same people at the New Hampshire Trump rally who talked about how Elizabeth Warren was trolled, the fake Indian, real Indian thing, but they did not give us credit. Credit is important because credit says where the origin of innovation comes from. It comes from people actually work with their hands and build stuff not grifters, not writers. It comes from everyday people like you and me. So anyway, this is Dr. Shiva for Senate. So in conclusion, what I want to let you think about is this is what we have today. It is a public infrastructure, not owned by you or me. And what the opportunity we have is we can actually go to a people's network. We can go to a network that's owned by the people, for the people, and controlled by us so all of us can get back to freedom of press and actually have the First Amendment. Right now, the First Amendment is in dangerous, dangerous jeopardy. And here's a real solution. Anyway, Shiva for Senate, go to our website. Uh, we have signatures helps we need. We need to get on the ballot. We need about 30,000 signatures. So go to our website, Shiva for Senate, sign up to volunteer, donate. If you give me 25 bucks, I don't just take your money. I will teach you how systems work. So you can think like this. You'll get access to a tool called Your Body, Your System. So you can understand your body is a system and you get an amazing bumper sticker. So Shiva for Senate, and that's how we win. Let's go into the golden age. Thank you.